Teeny, episode 72. On today's show, Simone shares one of the gayest things she's ever seen. Stephanie details literary birthday party games and momentary partner swapping. And overt sexuality grosses everyone out. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm Dong great, thank you. Uh, I had a little trip to Palm Springs over the weekend. It was mine and Greg's 11-year uh, wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Aww. Thank you. So we like to go to Palm Springs as a, as a nice little near-LA getaway. I've never so, been, but it looks um, like that. I love watching. I, I've watched that one episode where Don Draper just takes off and goes to Palm Springs. I watched that like oh, nine times because <laughs> I just love the idea of it. So tell me what the yeah. vibe is like. It's just, I mean, it is like a, a sort of a mid-century haven, you know. There's so many hotels and things that are decorated, you know, in just choice mid-century furniture and, you know, with oh architecture. And, yeah, I guess it used to be really great to go there and just get great finds, you know, furniture-wise. Mm-hmm. But um, but everyone's, like, caught on to it. So everything there is, like, insanely priced now. Whereas, mm-hmm. I guess, like, my boss is kind of like, yeah, he's kind of down on Palm Springs now because he remembers the glory days. Whereas I've only known the overpriced days. But, um, but it's just nice to see all that stuff is just everywhere. Like, every furniture shop is just filled with, like, cool stuff like that, you know. So, um, yeah, so I really like it. But while I was there, I saw such a such a gay item in one of these stores it had a lot of mid-century furniture but right in the window it had this lounge where each cushion of the lounge uh-huh. was made out of clear plastic uh-huh. and e- and they were each filled with just rows and rows and rows of naked Ken dolls <laughs> <laughs> how much was that couch I want that couch I know. Can you imagine how fucking uncomfortable that would be? I wouldn't want to sit on one doll, let alone many dolls. As a parent, um, I know that stepping on Barbie dolls at night is like almost the most painful thing that you can experience. I know. Those things are fucking hot. Anyway, I took a picture of it. Actually, I didn't take the best picture I could because I was embarrassed to take it from inside the shop, so I took it from outside through the glass. But, um, <laughs> but I'll post a picture. You can see what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, there must have been... Like you know, easily a hundred, hundred and fifty dolls in this lounge. So there's that was no pretty, way that could get any gay. gayer. That is the freaking. No. That is gayer than eight guys blowing nine guys, as Patton Oswalt would say. That is amazing. <laughs> Do you remember how much that couch was? I don't. I didn't ask the, the guy that was on the show was talking to other people. But yeah, I just didn't want to like start a conversation. It's a, it's yeah. really hard for me to start a conversation about something I don't actually plan to buy. You know, oh, and just right. act all interested. Though actually, I did do it that time that I I, I got the tour of the House of Gatum in L.A. Remember, oh, I, yeah, I was, was actually looking for a house. But I mean, that was a that was an opportunity that couldn't be passed up. I had to walk through that fucking house <laughs> of insanity. So yeah, I just played it up, pretended I was really looking to buy a home in the area. If only I could afford one but um that couch might have anyway. been gayer than the gayest house in la it sounds like 
I've been in the market for a clear couch filled with naked Ken dolls. How much is this? <laughs> wow. Wow, indeed. Um, so that was fun. We were just there for a night. And um, anyway, um, but I wanted to follow up. I Again, I can't believe we're talking about 69 four episodes in a row. Actually, I think it's been me who brought it up the subsequent three times since episode 69. But I'm bringing it up again. But I thought you, you'd like this. So last week we had a listener um, texted us um, uh, the line, uh, a line from an Alanis Morissette song where she says... Um, uh, you took me out to wine, dine, 69 me, but didn't hear a damn word I said. Anyway, so we just read that. It's like, oh, we didn't know that, that that was a lyric in a song. But anyway, but it occurred to me, well, maybe the reason the guy didn't hear a word she said is because her mouth was full of wine, food, and cock. And that's exactly what I was thinking when I first heard it, but I was actually too shy to say that. Really? You were too shy? I'm trying to dial well, it back. I don't, there's so Aww. much I don't say. It's really hard. I'm trying to grow a filter. but Yeah, it's I, probably for the best in most cases. In but in most that case, cases. you should have said it. Damn it, you're right. But I love that you came to this conclusion on your own as well. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Great, disgusting minds think alike. Yay. So, yeah, I just, I just had to share. I was like, I'm actually now sorry that I was so slow to think of it. It took me days after. I, I think it was when I was editing it. When I was editing it. It's like when I was editing it, that's when it occurred to me. And I was like, oh, yeah. Maybe her mouth is full of cock. (laughs) Why is she getting mad at him for not hearing when she couldn't even pronounce anything? Yeah. All right. That's excellent. Now, what did you do over the weekend? I understand uh, our husbands have birthdays around the same time, so it was David's yeah, birthday as they well. they are. That's really weird because David and Greg's and our friend Aaron Mason from the Grapes of Rad, their birthdays are all like within the same week, like the last week of November, and all our wedding anniversaries are like right after that. That's really. Oh, I didn't weird. know Aaron's was too. Yeah, they just. I think their anniversary was like either a day before or same day as his birthday. Which oh, wow. was hilarious. But um, they're Christians, so they wanted to get married as soon as they could so they could do it. <laughs> and they freely admit <laughs> to that. <laughs> so they didn't plan the wedding date really well. So anyway, um, <laughs> Aaron had his birthday party on Friday night. It was at Shorty's. Oh, I've taken you there before. It's this. Um, it's right by Mama's. It's in Belltown in Seattle. And it's this little pinball bar with um, uh-huh. beer and we played pinball there so it was like years ago though but um, anyway you've been there and it's this total place where bike messengers love to hang out and, and we were standing outside and, and David's like yeah man I'd feel a little bit more like I blended in if I just had some capri, capri pants and giant gauges in my ears and all these bike messengers go um we heard you we can hear you over here <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh um, not like they could beat him up he's like twice their size but um so it was super fun because all the, just the Grapes of Rag community people were kind of there, and um, I was outside with Ben, and we're talking to this guy who was um, super, super drunk, but he was like covered in, covered in ink, and like he had these tattoo sleeves, and on his forearm, it looked for all the world like it said sausages, and I go, what is, does your tattoo say sausages? And he goes, no, it says savages. <laughs> <laughs> And ben I know was that like, V, that V that looks like a U. I know yes, it. That's thank you. Right? Yes, yes. I totally picture it. <laughs> he was like, this is Thomas Jefferson's actual handwriting from the Declaration of Independence. And I'm like, oh, man, ooh. I wish it said sausages because that would be like really hilarious. He's like, no, sausages. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was glad Ben was there because Ben seemed to really appreciate that. And um, 
So this bathroom in Shorty's is, they have the, well, thank God the girls' bathroom isn't like open air, but the guys' bathroom kind of is. Like you just walk in, it's like a swinging saloon door and you just pee right there, you know? And so, um, <laughs> so Dave, like, just Aaron was pee pretty right drunk. There. Aaron, Aaron was pretty drunk by this time, and, and David was like, okay, before we leave, I'll just go in here and pee. And um, I'm like, haha, David's peeing while he's staying in there. And, and Aaron started kind of grinding on me, and he's like saying, oh yeah, I'm dancing with your wife while your dick's in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. So, wow. um, we got in at like 2.45, <laughs> which is super late for me, but the kids were at a sleepover, so... I think that's oh, just nuts. We never do that anymore. So 2.45. And then the next night was David's party. And so we had that here. And um, two four, yeah, stayed up till exactly 2.45 again the next night. And I was dragging today, I was telling you. Um, but David's party was super fun because I made the best chocolate, the chocogasm cake that I made for oh. Bunyan when she was here. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. That cake? was a fantastic cake. So I made it again. And it has Yum. like five, it has like five sticks of butter in it. I almost said literally, but that's redundant. It just has five sticks of butter in it. It does. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> the word literally bugs me these days, but um, it's just kind of overused. So um, That reminds have... me, sorry, if I, if I may interrupt about, about five sticks of butter in a cake. When we were talking about um, my wedding cake, because, mm-hmm. uh, because I, you know, we're having all vegetarian wedding, and because Greg's vegan, we wanted to have a vegan wedding cake. And we had this amazing vegan cake maker that we knew. Like, it was just the richest, most delicious cakes. Like, every Everyone agreed there was not going to be any failings in this cake, but my mom was like having a bit of an issue with these weird things we were doing with our wedding. So mm-hmm. she's like, "Well, what are you what are you going to make with the wedding cake then?" I was like, "Well, how would you make it?" She's like, "Well, you start with twenty five eggs." Just, what? <laughs> I just loved her determination that there were twenty five eggs 25 in eggs. the cake. It was just so pronounced and determined, and then I just laughed. I'm like, "No, there'll be zero eggs." <laughs> What do they use in a vegan cake? I, I'm so curious. Um, Oil. I don't, I well, the, the guy that made um, the, this cake, it was um, it was like a like a dense mousse kind of cake. Oh so, my god. Um, yeah, it was really really good. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like a floury cake. And Greg, I guess it was almost probably almost gluten free at the time anyway, even though Greg wasn't gluten free. But yeah, it was just this delicious rich. I think one layer was like a Jaffa cake, so it was had like an orangey chocolate orange flavor. Oh, and holy like god. Chocolate hazelnut, and then plain plain chocolate. We had like three tiers for it. So yeah, it was amazing. Oh so, yeah, cake yeah, is my favorite. It had trouble too. like holding up because of because it wasn't like a normal cake though. It was like trouble. Like it had to travel an hour <laughs> and a half from the from the place to where the wedding was. So oh my I think god, Greg, like, took ten years off his life transporting the cake because it's time to sink. It's time to sink on one side <laughs> because you know it didn't have the same stability as a normal cake. So <laughs> right, right. It was yeah. Oh, that's so, and I think the guy didn't normally make wedding cakes. He just made, you know, single layer cakes for the restaurant that we always went to. So, oh, that's so yeah, cute. So, yeah, but he gave extra cream so he could touch it up. <laughs> but he made two little, for the toppings of the cake, he made two little chocolate echidnas because we were married at an animal sanctuary. So he made like the spines out of like chocolate. Like he just like made little, he, like drizzled it and then picked up the pieces and then stuck them in another piece of chocolate and made echidnas. Oh my god. So Can you post a picture of it on dongtini.com? I'll try and find it because we were married back in the old days before digital. So we were too. I think you to scan. Scan. We have to scan all the pictures yeah. now. And it's really yeah. You know what I do? I like, take a picture of Australia. the picture. <laughs> yes, yes. I did that last time I was in Australia. I took a picture of a bunch of pictures. Yes. So. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to David's birthday and his cake with five sticks of butter. Yeah, the five stick of butter eggs. cake. Um, oh, crap. 
Um, so we have this game that um, is our totally favorite game ever, and you have to have the right people there. So um, everyone that was still around, you know, it was David's birthday party. We hand-selected everybody, and all these people were, would be down and excellent um, about playing this game. So this game involves taking a bunch of crappy novels that were like, you know, 50 cents at a thrift store. Just finding the stupidest titles that you possibly can. So we have oh, a yeah. big paper bag of them. So what the game is, everybody has a piece of paper and a pen. And one person, I, you know, I was like the arbiter for the first one. I Okay, I read the back of the novel. And the first novel I had, I found this at Goodwill like a year ago. And I finally got to use it for this occasion. This novel was called Beware the Tufted Duck. <laughs> <laughs> And the bag talks about like some sort of murder mystery surrounding a duck hunter, and and it has like things like oh someone's going to get their feathers ruffled. <laughs> so anyway, the game is that the person reads the you know one person reads the back cover, and everybody has to make up what the first sentence could possibly be of a novel called Beware the Tufted Duck, or whatever uh-huh. it is they're reading. So I wrote down the actual sentence, and everyone made up something and handed it to me. And then it's like Balderdash, and you read everyone's answers, and they're all right. fucking hysterical, of course. And then you vote <laughs> on which you think is the real one, and the real one is never one that you would have ever thought could be real. So this was our game, but I um, saved some of the responses, the answers uh-huh. that people did. So um, um, this was, <laughs> um, let me see who thought of something really good. Okay, this was DW's. Don's husband, listener Don. He, um, for the first sentence of Beware the Tufted Duck, he wrote, The Passaic watershed held no special place in Abraham's memory, if only for the fact that he'd once been raped by a mallard in a particularly tarry clump of heather under the Atlantic Street overpass. And, and that was funny, right? But we, we were like, okay, you had me until you said raped by a mallard. Exactly. <laughs> um, let me, oh gosh, I'm getting this mixed up. Um, so David's first sentence of Beware the Tufted Duck was down was the direction the gaily festooned feather wafted. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you know, like, you know, ten or so people of these and it's just fantastic. Um, so the next novel we did was one that I actually owned and had in seriousness that David gave me for Christmas last year because Christmas, my favorite thing to do is just get like a stupid book and just read it all day. So it was Lauren Conrad's <laughs> novel called L.A. Candy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I had an unfair advantage because I actually knew the first sentence, um, yeah. which was redamned ridiculous. Okay. So let me find it. Um, but this was her novel, L.A. Candy. Here's the actual first sentence. It sounds like it was made up. Jane Roberts leaned against her dresser, studying the way her white silk nightie looked against her sun-kissed skin. <laughs> and that was the real sentence, okay? Oh boy. It got zero votes. But um, this is what um, Carrie wrote for the first sentence of L.A. Candy. Jane splayed her hand across the different textures of chiffon, silk, and tweed at Melrose Moment and tossed her wheat blonde hair over one shoulder. <laughs> That's so good. That is so good and very similar to what was written. I know, I know it got a lot of votes. And then this is what this is what Don wrote, listener Don, who did the flying dong art on donkey.com. Don writes, shoes, 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 the clap. <laughs> So anyway, um, that was 
kind of the game that we played, and it was super fun, and yeah. This game is stupid. Who cares about it anyway? Right, oh. Well, um, well I've, I, I wanted to mention this about something I observed on Facebook, but... Uh, oh. So, this, this person I know, I don't know them that well. It's someone, you know, you don't really know how you ended up friends with them. But, but yeah, this person just posts a lot of stuff. Sometimes they post, you know, interesting stuff, but then they also like to post pictures of, like, women, you know, scantily clad with a with a comment of what they would like to do to that woman. Oh, no. Is this and a guy or a girl? It's a guy. Okay. And, yeah, and I don't know. I just, you know, I don't really find him very attractive, so I just, I don't know if that's part of it or if I'm just grossed out anyway, but I just don't like when people, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, when somebody's just flat out saying, yeah, I'd like to tap that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it just grosses <laughs> me out. You know, it's like you're humiliating yourself. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like going off. It's like asking, you know, some, you know, really famous person you have a crush on out in front of everybody and then all know you're going to fail. You know, it's just yeah. like, why are you doing this? Why are you subjecting yourself to this and making us watch? <laughs> this is not going to happen. Stop it. You know, masturbate your own What's that? They're just kind of impressed with themselves, it seems like. They're like, oh, yeah, I tap that. Like, as if they'd have a chance or... Exactly! Exactly! <laughs> it's so... It's so... I, it just makes me feel really embarrassed for them and me, and I get feel uncomfortable. Aww. So, yeah. It's not, that, it's, not that, it's not like I haven't been like, oh, and like, you know, expressed excitement about good-looking people. But when you get too specific about actually doing it, that's when it's, like, too much. You know, so and so now because he says all that stuff, there's like a picture, like the person's um, uh, like cover picture is of like a, a of like a, some like woman's breast in a bikini, and it's just like oh, you just you want to fuck that, right? Like I'm just you know, it's just like I'm, oh my God. I've just assessed the whole situation of like you know the he didn't even have to say anything. I've just sort of put it together. So, uh. Yeah, I just you know I just don't really like people expressing their imaginary sexuality that oh. much. You know what I mean? I find it yes. Sad. I just when anyone's trying to be overt about it, I get uncomfortable. Like I was in a group recently where um, they're playing this like kind of get to know you game where they're like, if you could have only two of your five senses, which ones would you would you keep? And so uh -huh. everyone's going, well, if I couldn't hear, I couldn't listen to music. If I couldn't see, I couldn't appreciate art and I couldn't drive. And if I couldn't feel anything, then, oh, I guess I couldn't really enjoy sex. And this girl goes, yeah, I definitely would not want to lose my sense of touch. And I just went, like, on the inside. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> I definitely do not want to lose my sense of touch. <laughs> See, but like when the first serious. person said it, it wasn't that bad, but the determination for the follow-up was that was unnecessary. Yes, that was exactly, it was full of determination. And so that was yes, the thing yes. that made me just like shiver when I was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like the first statement wasn't obvious. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we can all get behind that. But the other one was just like, oh gosh, now we all have to think about you really doing it really <laughs> hard. And it would really suck if you had to lose that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like the insistence uh, of wanting of everyone to kind of imagine it is what was coming through. I kind of responded yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, TMI people, we don't we don't need that. Oi. Now uh, you had quite an ordeal um, uh, with uh, this theologian. I understand. Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay, I'm. 
I'm not going to say too much because I don't know what is going to transpire. Just that um, there's this theologian. It's still unfolding, sort of, isn't it? Sorry. It's still sort of unfolding. It's still so. It feels like it's unfolding because I'd never interacted with this guy. I'd just seen his blog and his tone. I was just like really, it didn't, I didn't see conversations going anywhere and I'd heard him on a podcast and uh, it was just kind of clear that this person doesn't have, didn't seem to have a lot of space for other people's story or dialogue or them to interact with him or, um, so, you know, you know how I am. So, um, he, he posted the other day, he said, I don't know why I I don't have women commenting at my blog very much. And one of our friends, mutual friends, he's like, oh, you could leave a, you know, here's an opportunity for you to comment. And so I did. And um, it kind of, I go, I just told him how I, I feel like no dialogue really takes place here. And it got really, really intense. And and this guy got very upset. And <laughs> I just feel like I can't, I can't name names or say anything that's going on further. Anyway, this this stuff was heating up, and I was just crying at my desk, and I, I'm getting phone calls from um, people I don't know that well, saying, "What is going on?" I heard that I heard from him that this is happening, and um, so I was crying at my desk like really, really, really hard, and I didn't care who heard me. <laughs> and so on the subject of work crying, I guess I wasn't crying super hard, but I was not like being restrained. And, um, wow. So, like I usually would, because I was talking to this person on the East Coast who I never get to talk to, so I'm like, who cares? I don't care if anyone can hear me. So, what this turns into people coming up to me and placing their hand, both their hands on my desk and saying to me, are you alright? <laughs> like, and this happened <gasps> all Thursday, all Friday, and it happened again today, so they're remembering over the weekend <laughs> that Steffi was crying on Thursday, and oh, you know, they're man. coming by patting my shoulder, is everything okay? Yeah, like looking at both my eyes, like looking from my left eye to my right eye to my left. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend Bethany, she's like, she's like, oh, I am the designated office crier, and I say work it because you should. This is a good time to ask for something. You know, if they say, can I do anything? Just say, oh yeah, I need some coffee. And I was like, well, you know what? I did just ask for a full spectrum UV lamp. And she's like, good for you. <laughs> You'll probably get it because you're crying. So. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was like, it was an emotional little thing. Cause I was trying to talk about triggers and, um, you know, the reason women might not be commenting, um, at least I can speak for myself is because we're triggered by the way the conversation and forum is here. And, um, yeah, they just, this was a new concept to a lot of them and they reacted really strongly. And, um, I was talking to my friend Dave and he goes, Oh, a butthurt theologian is like a powder keg. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. So. <laughs> On the subject of, of commenting, um, I think it was last week um, that uh, a, a discussion, a Facebook comments on negative comments on Facebook and YouTube was was, was being discussed, mm-hmm. and um, and just you know like the people like the, you watch a cute cat video, they have like six hundred likes on it, and three people disliked. It's like who the fuck disliked <laughs> that cat video? You know who are these people? You know so I, you know I'm like it bums me out just that they bothered to dislike. Eh. Dislike you it? Know. I love. <laughs> what must their lives be like that they would dislike that? I know. That? I can't imagine. But anyway, in the process of all this, talking about commenting and shitty stuff that people write, um, uh, somebody said, 
don't people have anything better to do? And I wow. fucking hate that term, that phrase so much. It, like, even though they weren't even saying it to me, it just makes my blood boil. Because <laughs> to say that, and I wrote a blog post about this like a few years ago, but to Ooh. say that is essentially saying, uh, it's almost like, you know, he who has not sinned may cast the first stone. You know, like mm -hmm. you're saying that you don't waste any time in your whole life. You know, to say, haven't you got something better to do? It's just so dismissive. It's so pejorative. And, just, and ugh, it's the just, fact that they even used enough energy to say, don't you guys have anything better to do? Shows that they have nothing better to do than to yeah, leave Yeah, you're sitting around talking about like this. That <laughs> Somebody put it in writing. You're verbalizing it. How is this different? It drives nice. me fucking nuts it's not that i think oh. people do things i don't think people do things that are lame i'll be like that's lame you shouldn't i wish people wouldn't do that just because it's bad not but the time the whole time management and this has time value and that doesn't have time value really 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 shits me you know and mind yes. you the same person that said this related a story to me about some reality person that i'd never want to hear about <laughs> and i'm it's like there you go. You just spent let more time than that person spent writing that comment to, to, to know this story. And I got, I was just like, I didn't say anything, but I was just like, you have immediately proven that you have too much time on your hands according to your own standard. You know, my it's just like, word. You know, just you know, I, I I can understand questioning people's actions and motives. That's all fine, but just the time value thing. You have too much time on your hands really fucking irks me like nothing else and yeah and you know. it should because who who is anyone else to say you know like you don't know what their day-to-day -day is like you don't know yeah you don't it's, have to it's know so you, everybody does know that the they problem. don't spend every minute of their day doing you know productive things nobody yeah. does and as long as you don't you can't say that ever you cannot yep. So and the fact that they think they that. do though is kind of almost the bigger problem. <laughs> because I know in that moment they really think they would they really never waste that. their time doing anything. It's like you're wasting it right now having this conversation. <laughs> like <laughs> this conversation is pointless, and so was their comment. So let's let's not point fingers about time wasting. You know, that's so like, funny because that's always kind of bugged me, and now I know why. Because like if you even use the breath and energy to say that, then it shows that you have nothing better to do. So. Gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I don't. I think I left that point out of my extensive blog on the subject. I'll post a link to my blog because I think it was quite thorough, but I didn't say that. If you're actually taking the time to say it, you're wasting your time. You know what blog <gasps> post of yours I loved so much was the glory hole post. <laughs> oh, thank you. I Maybe we'll link to that too. <laughs> I love your pictures. <sighs> glory holes. I just don't know enough about glory holes. I'm never in a position where I could utilize a glory hole. So no, no. <laughs> I'm not invited to enough bathhouses is the problem. I know, I know. I had a friend that used to go to bathhouses, and I don't know if this is true because I thought he might lie, but um, he told me he put his um, dick in a glory hole for a blowjob, and then the guy put his ass on his dick, and, uh, and he, like, freaked out, and then he had to have an AIDS test. Ooh. So... Um, yeah, so, um, but he was kind of an exaggerator, so I was never sure if that was true or not. Oh, man, but, um, I kind of want that to I be just don't true. Think, I, don't think, I don't think you can easily slip a, an, a, a butthole onto a cock, but, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's well lubed and stretched out. I just don't know. I don't yeah. know how that works. You know, maybe a really oh. flexible one. Yeah, yeah, you can just plonk it on there and it's on, it's okay. done. Yoke it out, son. <laughs> um, now, I, uh, so I 
think I don't know where I got this. Maybe it was listener Eugene, but I don't remember. But um, it was a. It's not real, but it's a. It's a menu for an atheist restaurant, and I'm actually glad it's not real because I think it would probably annoy me. But if it was real, but <laughs> if someone bothered to open an atheist restaurant, it's like, don't you have anything better to do? Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the place is called the Infideli, and um, oh. <laughs> and, and its tagline is because we can't eat babies every day. Oh. <laughs> So uh, some of the items on the menu under appetizers, it says wine and wafers, transubstantiated. It, it answers the question, how would Jesus taste? Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. And um, let's see. Uh, Jesus fish and chips. We can't pull loaves and trout out of our asses, so we charge market price. <laughs> our asses. Um, let's see. Skeptical skewers. I don't believe how good these kebabs are and neither will you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, some of the other things I think are kind of lame. Oh, I like the creationist club. Full of baloney and hard to swallow, but a lot of people are still buying it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like hot dogs and baloney. <laughs> um, and then at the bottom it says find the image of your favorite holy figure on any of our meals and receive a free bitch lap with your check <laughs> I just love the idea of someone going, oh, oh, I see Jesus whack fucking idiot <laughs> oh my god what is, I don't understand the scene the face of the Virgin Mary or Jesus and stuff because it's always white European Jesus and white European Mary you know like you yeah. know that they weren't they weren't like pale skinned and blue eyed whatever it's it's like how yeah. do they know what he looked like why does why does this get to be you know some kind of holy revelation when you happen to see it in a tortilla or a dog's asshole uh, that's my favorite <laughs> that's my favorite manifestation is the dog butt oh yeah the dog's asshole I love the dog we yeah. gotta find that and put that on the, on the okay. website love the dog's asshole one <laughs> um now it's been a while maybe it hasn't been a while but i've got another edition of taco bell news Think outside the bun. <laughs> so um i guess about a year and a half ago there was um a, a tornado in uh, joplin missouri or in that whole area <laughs> so um anyway uh, this was in the news uh, November 26th, uh, Joplin Taco Bell reopens. And there's like a news clip that, that like goes into great detail about, you know, the, there's a two minute, two minute news piece about this opening. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of long for a yeah. news piece. I know. And everyone is so like the, the news people are like really excited. Like it's the biggest thing going on in town. I don't know how, <laughs> how, how big it is. But anyway. When I lived in Fayetteville, so, Arkansas, it was kind of considered the big city. To go up to Joplin. Oh, really? So, yeah. Right. So you you would hope that, that bigger news would exactly bigger news than Taco Bell <laughs> opening. So uh, so the story reads: A lot of people have come in today and said, "We're so glad you're back. Thank you for rebuilding." Taco Bell employees and customers say it's nice to have the building back, especially when looking at all the destruction around it. I was kind of sad when it got torn down, so I was pretty glad to see it was back up today. States Trent Dickinson. That's such a guess. good quote. It sounds like something from The Onion. I, know, I was pretty it sad when it got torn down, so I was really glad to see it come back I know. Sorry, We've been watching going. for several weeks, states Joyce Schneider, <laughs> yes. Several weeks. Since crews started building the restaurant four months ago, people have patiently waited for the project to finish. Patiently. The project. The project. I, it's 
so dignified. <laughs> we obviously wanted to open a lot sooner than this, but there was just a lot of details to hash out, states Jeff Graves, Taco oh, Bell Director so of Operations. <sighs> details like moving the restaurant a few feet back from the main street and completing insurance paperwork. Figuring out these details, figuring out these details has paid off in the end. We actually doubled the size of the lobby in here. Before this, before this lobby only had seated about 32 people. Now it seats 68, states Graves. Restaurant operators say rebuilding was never out of the question. I think that's so important to the people here to have to try to put the tragedy behind them and to get back what you what it used to <laughs> what it used to be, states Graves. Customers couldn't be happier. Well, it's very nice and the food is delicious, states Dickerson. That's all in the video too. This is all like pulled from the video, so you can oh, watch this and delight it. over it. Today was the initial opening of the fast food chain, but the grand opening is still in the works. Franchise managers met at the restaurant today to discuss when that opening will actually take place. They say we can all expect the official grand opening within the next few weeks. Wow. And then and then and then underneath that, there's a uh, there's readers feel and you get to like choose if you're either thrilled, bored, furious, happy, <gasps> intrigued or sad. And oh. it's 100% thrilled. <laughs> I'm 100% thrilled. This is I clearly an thrilled. act of God. Oh my. I mean, the lobby doubled in size. I know. It was a godsend for sure. <laughs> they say that, you know. It's such a god thing. And, and thus concludes another edition oh. of Taco Bell News. Think outside the bun. So, have you seen... Can I um, follow up real quick on Taco Bell with... Um, have you seen the movie What's Eating Gilbert Grape that I'm always going on I have, about? I have, but okay. I've only seen it once, so I don't know it oh, off okay. by heart like you do. Yes, I, yeah, I kind of know it by heart <laughs> because it's so absurd and, I, and brilliant and, um, yeah, retarded people and Burger Barn. So, um, it's about, well, one of the subplots is that John C. Riley's really excited because he's working at Burger Barn and he, they have a grand opening and they, the whole town comes out for it and they have a parade in honor of the Burger Barn. So oh! that's what I was reminded of when you were reading oh. that. Maybe but it's a really small town. It's smaller than Joplin. So. Well, uh, on the subject of, of Taco Bell, I think someone who will never have Taco Bell is uh, the future monarch of England that Kate Middleton is now carrying. I bet that kid will never have Taco Bell. What do you think? I'm guessing that if they wanted to rebel, they might try it. <laughs> they would yeah, probably get in trouble. And yeah, they might go on some trip to America and then end up having Taco Bell. Yeah, like in a Vegas hotel and with their hand on their yeah, gun. Yeah, after what totally Harry's naked. been doing, what am I saying? Yeah, this, I bet Harry's had Taco Bell. <sighs> What's your but opinion But anyway, are you excited about the royal birth? I am. I'm so excited. I, I am. <laughs> I I'm honestly am, and I've never, I would, would never have said anything if you hadn't asked me, but I'm really excited about <laughs> it. <laughs> Today I like clicked on, like, actually it was while I was searching for Taco Bell news, and then the regular news came up, and it was like five minutes ago, Kate Middleton is pregnant, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I caught it when it was hot off the press. <laughs> You sure did. I did not know, even know that Jessica Simpson was pregnant again until Carrie told me. And Carrie's like, I cannot believe you did not know this, Stephanie. 
<laughs> but, yeah, I um, saw that on on the newsstand yesterday. But I mean, those same yeah. magazines have reported Kate Middleton was pregnant so many times. That I didn't even know if exactly. it was true. Exactly. And I, also, I didn't care. So um, <laughs> that's why I didn't uh, bother to confirm. But I do care about, and I love that this can be a boy or a girl, and it's still uh, in line for the like. It's not. It's not getting bumped down if it's a girl. Did you know they changed that rule? No, that it has to be a boy. I yeah, didn't know the queen that. changed it. I think sometime in the last year, but the queen what? and whatever the the parliament or whatever changed it so that um, female heirs aren't like bumped down. So now it'll go Charles, um, William, and whatever offspring they have, boy or girl, is third in line. Aww, so, that's so cute. Yeah. So I hope Kate like, gets really After Elizabeth fat. sat on the throne all this time, over 50 or 60 years, can she really just be like, nah, we got to go back to guys, like yeah. 100%. So, yeah, so that was cool. So, Good yay! Royal babies. I was kind of pissed um, off them to hear that Kate was admitted to the hospital for morning sickness, though, because I think she's kind of a pussy if that's what actually happened. I know yeah, I'm not in her shoes, but I had some really bad morning sickness, and that bitch probably didn't need to be admitted, but I'm just saying. Yeah, it sounded excessive to me, but I mean, they really want to protect her because, I mean, this is the heir to the throne she's carrying. Also, she's less than 12 weeks. I'm like, they shouldn't be, probably they can't keep her, keep it under wraps, you know, but, right. you know, like, if she has a miscarriage, it's, it's you know, it's like, oh, sorry about that, everybody. Like, the whole world is, like, The whole world is going to know. Yeah. What a nightmare. It would be so, a total nightmare. Hang in there, Kate. You could do it. <laughs> and I hope you get really <laughs> fat in the process. Aww. <laughs> um, you had I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, Kate. I only have one minute. <laughs> She'll have such awesome maternity clothes. She, she can get fat. Oh, my God. Wants. You know, yes. I remember when um, Diana was pregnant with Harry and William. So, I mean, I was like six years old but I totally remember and I remember her maternity clothes and I remember they had like little bows at the neck you know like in the early 80s yeah <sighs> full circle it's a circle full of circle. life <laughs> now uh you had a text from your friend Chrissy oh my god this is listener Chrissy in Philadelphia and she's awesome and speaking of babies she has a little um year old baby named Coraline who's freaking freaking adorable and she plays with listener emily and listener micah's little baby nico so they're about the same age and they're adorable together so um i get this text this random text from chrissy and <laughs> this is what it says i was trying to bake cornbread and Coraline wouldn't stop whining and grabbing at my legs so i dropped bits of canned corn all over the floor to occupy her until i was finished <laughs> Does the five-second rule apply to babies? Because it was more like a five-hour rule with her. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that so much. <sighs> That's, it just doesn't sound like something that like a first-time parent would do. Like That's the kind of thing that, yeah. you, hear that you do after you've had like three or four kids. And you, know, exactly. you drop the kid's yeah, yeah, pacifier yeah. on the floor and let the dog lick it off. And then you put it back in oh. the baby's mouth. But, like you don't do that with the first, but that's okay. I would never do that. I only see these people that let the pacifier fall on the ground and then give it back to the kid. Like that is so disgusting. But you know what? Oh. When I have I told you this? Like when I was pregnant with Judah, you know, I worked, you know, I was working at the hospital, and so I was like hugely pregnant, walking around. And one of the doctors told me, when you have that baby, be sure to let him lick the floor and lick everything that's dirty, so he can build up immunity. And oh, I was like, are you serious? That's right. You told me that. Yeah, and and Judah, like knock on wood, he's never sick. 
And um, yeah. around the same time, my sister-in-law, you know, had a baby and sanitized everything and, you know, bought new pacifiers so that when one fell on the floor, she just gave her a new one. And that baby is sick all the time. Huh. <laughs> so I just have to think there's a bit of a correlation there. But yeah, it, it's I disgusting. It is. But um, I would totally drop canned just corn. the general grossness <laughs> of it, though. You know, like, I don't want to lick anything that's off the ground. Why would I let my child do that? Just, ah. But did you, like, isn't that weird the how they say, yeah, they say that the toilet seat is, like, actually the cleanest place in your house, and <laughs> compared to doorknobs and all these other things, that's always, that that's freaks weird. me out when I hear that, like, light switches yeah. and doorknobs are supposed to be worse than the toilet yeah, seat. Yeah, I no. totally soon lick a light switch before I'd lick a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> of course I would prefer to lick neither. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, now, so speaking of Jesus, um, my friend David Whitehouse, <laughs> nice he's a, <laughs> it's totally relevant. Um, uh, my friend David Whitehouse is a writer, he's an Englishman, a lovely chap, a charming fellow, and uh, on Twitter, he's hilarious, he's a writer, he's an author, he has a book called Bed, and um, it's a novel. Anyway, so uh, I just discovered this, uh, starting December 1st, he's doing a... Uh, <laughs> I'll just read the first tweet. Day one of real life advent calendar where I open a door and eat what I find. <laughs> Today, <laughs> Today not a tired old man. <laughs> I'm, I, well, he's got a lot of days to cover, so I imagine one will come to turn up. So, yeah. Today, a tired old man and the cat he loved. <laughs> Day two of real life advent calendar where I open a door and eat what I find. <laughs> Today, two dogs waiting for their owner to return from church. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, day three, because that's all we're up to. Day three of real life advent calendar where I open a door and eat what I find. Today, a double pram and a gas bill and one of the twins. Oh my god. <laughs> So if you'd like to keep up with David Whitehouse's uh, real-life advent calendar where he opens a door and eats what he finds, <laughs> it's uh, D underscore Whitehouse on Twitter. So uh, check oh, it out. I'm in love. <laughs> okay. Well, on that, uh, on that note, uh, I guess we'll wrap things up. So thank you all for listening. Uh, do visit dongteeny.com for any uh, bonus material. And uh, like us on Facebook and post dongs there. And Oh, yes, you can also call the dong line at 323-301-DONG. Dong is a wiener. So until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye. Bye.
This podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.